Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm going to do something a bit different this week. I'm going to make each day a reading and it's going to be a reading of something that happened on that day. Most of it's going to be political so I'll warn you now but it's been a big political week so you probably forgive me for doing political stuff. Um, and I'll introduce on each day the reading that I'm going to do and they're all different in length. And you'll kind of get the gist as we go along. Hopefully you'll get the gist as we go along. So without any further ado, we'll get a bit of a twangy guitar and then we'll get straight in to the reading from Monday. Monday. Okay, so today was the big day because we had the Sue Gray report. Not quite as big as we expected because obviously it's not the full Sue Gray report, but we had the initial findings of the Sue Gray report with the bits that weren't being investigated by the Met Police. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to... I've got Hansard up from Monday, and I'm going to do uh, a few excerpts from the first initial stages of the Sue Gray debate. Uh, Boris Johnson had promised to come to the House to talk about the report when it came out, so I'm going to read you um, some of the statements, the initial statement from Keir Starmer, um, a uh, retort to Keir Starmer from um, Boris Johnson, and then I'm going to read you um, a a um, an intervention by intervention is wrong word a question um, by Theresa May the former Prime Minister Keir Starmer I would like to thank Sue Gray for the diligence and professionalism with which she has carried out her work it is no fault of hers that she has only been able to produce an update today not the full report the Prime Minister repeatedly assured the House that the guidance was followed and the rules were followed. But we now know that 12 cases have reached the threshold of criminal investigation, which I remind the House means that there is evidence of serious and flagrant breaches of lockdown, including the party on the 20th of May 2020, which we know the Prime Minister attended, and the party of the 13th of November 2020 in the Prime Minister's flat. There can be no doubt that the Prime Minister himself is now subject to criminal investigation. The Prime Minister's desperate denials since he was exposed have only made matters worse. Rather than come clean, every step of the way he has insulted the public's intelligence. Now he has finally fallen back on his usual excuse. It is everybody's fault but his. They go, he stays. Even now he is hiding behind a police investigation into criminality in his home and his office. Margaret Thatcher once said, the first duty of government is to uphold the law. If it tries to bob and weave and duck around that duty when it's inconvenient, then so will the governed. To govern this country is an honour, not a birthright. It is an act of service to the British people, not the keys to a court to parade to friends. It requires honesty, integrity and moral authority. I cannot tell honourable members how many times people have said to me that the Prime Minister's lack of integrity is somehow priced in, that his behaviour and character do not matter. I have never accepted that and I never will. Whatever people's politics, whatever party they vote for, honesty and decency matter. Our great democracy depends on them. Cherishing and nurturing British democracy is what it means to be patriotic. There are Conservative members who know that, and they know that the Prime Minister is incapable of it. 
The question they now must ask themselves is what are they going to do about it? Only they can end this farce. The eyes of the country are upon them. They will be judged by the decisions they take now. In response, the Prime Minister. There is a reason why the right honourable and learned gentleman said absolutely nothing about the report that was presented by the government and put in the Library of the House earlier today. That is because the report does absolutely nothing to substantiate the tissue of nonsense that he has just spoken. Absolutely nothing. Instead, this leader of the opposition, a former director of public prosecutions, although he spent most of his time prosecuting journalists and failing to prosecute Jimmy Savile, as far as I can make out, chose to use this moment continually to prejudice a police inquiry. A question from Theresa May. The Covid regulations imposed significant restrictions on the freedoms of members of the public. They had a right to expect their Prime Minister to have read the rules, to understand the meaning of the rules and indeed those around him to have done so too and to set an example in following those rules. What the Grey Report does show is that Number 10 Downing Street was not observing the regulations they imposed on members of the public. So either my right honourable friend has not read the rules, did not understand what they meant or they did not think the rules applied to number 10. Which was it? Tuesday. Such was my disgust at some of the things that came out in the debate yesterday, um, including um, the line with regard to Jimmy Savile and also a line that was um, made later on about the Labour front bench and drug taking, which I still can't actually get the frame of reference for. Um, I wrote again to my MP and I wanted an update from him as, as where he was with regard to this affair uh, and if he'd had any thoughts about his action. The last time he responded to me, he mentioned the Met report, so I raised the issue of the Met report and also um, just to get some kind of steer as to, to, to what action he was going to be taking. As obviously, you know, you heard from Keir Starmer's statement, it's only Tory backbench MPs that can do anything about this ongoing nonsense. So I'm just going to read you a little bit of his response Thank you for your email following the update into alleged gatherings on government premises during COVID restrictions. I was in the House of Commons chamber as the Prime Minister gave a statement on Monday afternoon. Like so many, I have been appalled at the reports of the gatherings at number 10. My family has suffered like so many through the pandemic and I share the anger that so many feel. The Prime Minister needed to say sorry yesterday and he did. He also took full responsibility and he needed to. The Prime Minister also announced measures to tackle the culture at Number 10 Downing Street. I will continue to hold the Prime Minister to account to make sure he follows through with what he has promised. I will press for the report to be published in full. As I have said before, if anyone is found guilty of breaking the law, they must face the full consequences of their actions. That is why we must now wait for the police investigation to conclude. Probably what I would have expected... Um, I would say that RMP is not one that would necessarily rock the boat and absolutely one that would wait um, to give the benefit of the doubt or wait for a, you know, a full report or a full investigation to be concluded. Um, but again, following on from what Keir Sama said, at some point these MPs are going to have to make some decisions. So yes, there's something in there and I'm pleased that he's going to hold uh, the PM to uh, account and also to make sure the report's published in full, but he's going to have to get off the fence at some point.
Wednesday. Whether it was meant as a big document or just something to divert attention, the government launched its benefits of Brexit um, article or pamphlet or whatever it is anyway. It's a document they've they've released with regard to the benefits of Brexit. And it's because of the nature of the week and because everything that kicked off on Monday, it's largely gone unnoticed. Um, but I want to read you an extract from a, an article uh, that the Byline Times did on the document itself um, because I think it gives a reasonable flavour of, of, of what's in it. The article was written by Chris Gray, and we, of course, must be thankful that he was prepared to read the 102 pages of it, so I guess we don't have to. Alongside issues about how to use Britain's Brexit independence, there are highly problematic indications in the report about the process by which this might be achieved. The implication appears to be that the large body of retained EU law which was written into UK law as part of the withdrawal process and which governs a multiplicity of standards and regulations should be dispensed with without the need for Parliament passing primary legislation. Whilst details remain unclear, this is already being criticised for implying a limited role for the devolved administrations. It also seems to mean a massive power grab by the executive from the legislature because laws will be changed by ministerial diktat. Given the emphasis Brexiteers put on the idea that voters, through their MPs, must decide on the laws that govern this land, this is an extraordinary irony. Under such a regime, there will be no point in people writing to their MPs about potentially hugely important changes, for MPs will have no say in them at all. That so much of the report is waffle or padding, allied with the highly dubious nature of many of the claims, suggests that the case for genuine Brexit benefits was found to be so weak on its own it would have made for an embarrassingly thin report. Its most obvious purposes are to generate excited headlines in the pro-Brexit press and to assuage the demands of Brexiteer MPs chafing for the supposed deregulatory dividend Brexit will deliver. Hence, taken as a whole, the report is a mix of overblown triumphalism to meet the final purpose and promises of great reforms just around the corner to meet the second. What is far more important than what is contained in the report is what is omitted. For even if Brexit were to have all the benefits claimed, how can they be evaluated when there is not a single reference to its costs? Thursday. It's been a day of fallout in Downing Street. We've had four of the senior members of the Downing Street team uh, resign. Now, we don't know if there were resignations or if they were were pushed. And certainly some of these people have been named in the Sue Gray uh, investigation. Um, But one of them, uh, Manura Mirza, who is his policy chief, was was definitely a resignation. And this is this is interesting and this is important uh, simply because she's been with him for so long and she's been with him through a lot of other stuff that might have caused somebody to resign. So the thing that's caused her to hand her notice in is something that happened earlier in the week and that for her was the last straw. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read um, her resignation letter because I think it's really quite interesting. Dear Prime Minister, It is with great regret that I am writing to resign as your Head of Policy. You are aware of the reason for my decision. I believe it was wrong for you to imply this week that Keir Starmer was personally responsible for allowing Jimmy Savile to escape justice. There was no fair or reasonable basis for that assertion. This was not the normal cut and thrust of politics. 
it was an inappropriate and partisan reference to a horrendous piece of child sex abuse. You tried to clarify your position today, but despite my urging, you did not apologise for the misleading impression you gave. I have served you for 14 years, and it has been a privilege to do so. You have achieved many important things, both as Prime Minister and before that as Mayor of London. You are a man of extraordinary abilities with a unique talent for connecting with people. You are a better man than many of your detractors will ever understand, which is why it is desperately sad that you let yourself down by making a scurrilous accusation against the leader of the opposition. Even now, I hope you find it in yourself to apologise for a grave error of judgement made under huge pressure. I appreciate that our political culture is not forgiving when people say sorry, but regardless, it is the right thing to do. It is not too late for you, but I'm sorry today, it is too late for me. Friday. If you go back far enough, um, what really kicked this whole process off was the Owen Patterson affair. Um, an MP who was accused of uh, lobbying and using his position um, for personal gain and um, Boris and a load of people in the government did their best to save him. And the outrage was such uh, they ended up going and that really started uh, the whole process with regard to standards in public life. Um What's happened today is that a load of messages uh, exchanged between Owen Patterson and Matt Hancock were released. Now, this doesn't do any favours for the government and it doesn't actually do any favours for Boris Johnson because this is the person that Boris Johnson was very, very keen to help and very keen to save. At the same time, it tells you something about where he is that I think he's also, you know, th th this actually will deflect a little bit bizarrely even, you know, well, put it this way, the dead... None of the dead cats look good. The kind of red meat that's having to be thrown out to try and detract is not is not good. So, yes, this is going to detract a little bit, but in it's only going to bring us back round. So what I thought I'd do to finish the week off is I'm going to read um, some of those text exchange, the, the WhatsApp message exchange between Owen Patterson and, um, and, and Matt Hancock. Um, because I think it's fairly obvious when you listen to these things that this, this was an abuse of... Uh, of power from a public servant. This message exchange is from the 25th of February 2020. Owen Patterson. It is now 19 days since Public Health England last contacted Randox at your request. Since then, the European Virus Archive have provided a positive sample and the Randox tests worked perfectly. Test kits are now being shipped to China, Mexico, Ukraine, Oman, Tunisia and Guatemala. Public Health England's attitude looks incomprehensible given current developments and time pressures. Are you voting today? Can we discuss briefly? Best wishes, Owen. Matt Hancock replies five minutes later. Are you sure? I chased them again about it yesterday. Owen Patterson, two minutes later. Yes, sadly no contact, although they are members of the European Virus Archive. Just seems no sense of urgency or understanding of the speed of the new test. Matt Hancock, three minutes later. The reason they've taken the approach they have on timings is that it can cope with the number of the tests a day in-house, which is enough for now, but I'm pushing them to accelerate in case we get a big increase. 
This final exchange is from the 22nd of October 2020. And though we don't know exactly who sent the messages, the inference is that Owen Passon sent the initial message and Matt Hancock the reply. Best of luck later. The Guardian yesterday ran the story that you only gave Randox the testing contract because I'm a paid consultant. If it comes up, can you kill this once and for all, as I know absolutely nothing about the contract? Many thanks. The reply, of course. I mean, it's just fairly damning, isn't it? Really. Um, and this is the person that that Boris was trying to save. Um I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope this has made some kind of sense. I was trying just to get a flavour of the week through not my opinion, but just things that I've heard or read through the week that are on the record. Um, so, um, I mean, the other great thing about doing something like this is it comes it comes in very much under the 20 minutes, so that's, that's great as well. But um, I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to do, though, to be fair, the shortest episode I've probably ever done has taken the longest time to record, because trying to read stuff is a darn sight harder than when I normally pontificate on. Anyway, I hope you're well. Um, I'm not going to get too in- engrossed in the rest of the week because I'd, I would get too annoyed, though I do think we seem to be getting very near... Um, to the end, Rome does appear to be appear to be burning. Um, anyway, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. If you've enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>